This year, the Home Depot is improving how we do the holidays, starting with our holiday gift center. Find great gifts for any doer and the best prices of the year just for you. Like the top-rated Ryobi OnePlus drill kit and the Dewalt Atomic drill kit. Get easy in-store pickup or even easier home delivery. The Holiday Gift Center, in-store and online. And Black Friday prices now through December. Gift giving improved from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only, Waspa's last C-Store for details. co-host Daniela, welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at makingsenseofsuccess.pod. Please feel free to email us at makingsenseofsuccess at gmail.com if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. Well, welcome Cecile to Making Sense of Success. Would you like to give a little bio about yourself, your favorite hobbies, your favorite food, your favorite color, etc., just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better? Absolutely. So, hi guys. My name is Cecile. I'm so happy to be on today. I, wow, I'm very multifaceted. I have a lot of things that I love doing. Um, most recently, I guess in quarantine, what I, what have I been up to? I um, started a podcast. I had a lot more time on my hands. Um, so I started, well, it's a long story, but at the beginning of quarantine, <laughs> I was um, in Mexico, actually. So that's when I started the podcast. And then when I came back home, I started really clearing out my whole life and, um, you know, selling stuff on Poshmark. So that's another one of my interests. Um, and then I bought a van and I've been fixing it up. Um, so that's my life right now, but in sort of a larger scale, um, I have kind of been an, an, an adventurer my whole life. My mom and I traveled a lot when I was a kid and now I, before quarantine, um, I was traveling almost full time. So I had a remote job and I was, you know, going from country to country, spending a lot of time in Mexico. That's one of my favorite places. Um, I started a YouTube channel when I was 12. So that's sort of been a constant throughout all of this. And, okay, favorite foods. I, I like all foods. I like <laughs> like some really obscure things. Like, I really love goat cheese. It's one of the, Me too, honestly. One. No, that is a good one. <laughs> and smoked salmon like like just a go my one of my go-tos is like a bagel with cream cheese and smoked salmon oh nice wow it sounds super bougie (laughs) but I like I mean I can't always afford it I don't always you know but that's my if I had to be like a favorite food yeah I also love like pizza I mean yeah honestly who doesn't if you don't like any of them that I'm concerned. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, exactly. No, I know people that don't like cheese, and I'm like, I don't I know. Really trust you. <laughs> no, well, I know that, like, there's, from, like, the vegan community, um, there's been a lot of talk, I guess, from my vegan friends, I've noticed. They've said that cheese, there's, like, this ingredient in it that makes it, like, addictive for people. It's legit addictive. It is. Yeah. 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 So that's, like, what makes you kind of be like, oh, wow, like, cheese. I want cheese. But I don't know. I think I'd like it anyway. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> You're like, let's be real. I think it's just a personality trait. Really, <laughs> it's true. But yeah, no, no that's yeah, so I've awesome. I've tried to go vegan so many times, and and I think yeah. a lot of people have that same experience where they're like, cheese. 
<laughs> I know. I've, I think vegetarian, I could, like, I've been trying to kind of transition to vegetarian, but I've been real with myself, and I've told Sierra, I'm like, I don't think I could do vegan. I think, yeah, I think as long, it depends on what you're going at it for, but for me, the environment is something that's really important, and so in a lot of cases, if you're just cutting down your animal consumption, um, that makes a huge difference. You don't it's have true. to, like, go cold turkey and never eat it again. I think that that's a huge almost like trend right now and it's it, it, mm-hmm. it's for a good it's for a good um purpose a good like you know um impact however i think that if you're just like not eating it on a daily basis then that also makes a huge impact as well and doesn't mean you can never eat your favorite foods again absolutely yeah and I think what you're saying like the environmental impact of it like I think I was watching this documentary and they were saying that about I guess if you cut all like the red meat that you consume you're cutting down 70% of like the carbon um I don't know if I'm saying this right right now but yeah like your footprint really you're cutting it down by like 70% in terms of your like food consumption really and what that's like of how that's affecting the environment so really if you just cut out red meat that's a huge portion yeah, absolutely. I think it's all about like doing what you can and trying to, you know, in, in every aspect, trying to just live your life and still have fun, but also be aware of how what you're doing makes an impact on the world and other people. And there's many, many ways to go around that. But yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Finding balance. Definitely. And I think, honestly, you've been doing like the most. I love it. Like, um, I guess one of the questions I'll start with that we like to ask is what's the best piece of advice you've ever received, like, or given someone throughout, like, your all your life experiences? Well, I've received a lot of advice, and I've oh, given a okay. lot of advice. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm a big advice person. I, I, I'm really bad at having shallow conversations. Mm. Like, I'll just meet random people on the street and be like, so, like, tell me about your childhood. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I... It happens a lot, but I took a course when I was 12, 12, 13, um, called the Landmark Forum, and it's pretty much like a self-development course um, in leadership, and uh, I did it for young people, but there's also an adult one, and one of the things they talk about in the course is our language and how it can affect um, the way that we see the world, the way that we see ourselves. And one of the biggest pieces of advice they gave was like, okay, so if you think about it, there's a lot of things in your life that you want to do, but you feel like you can't because of this. So for example, I could say, I really want to travel, but I don't have enough money. Um, And what they suggest is to replace the word, but with, and. So for example, in that example, it's like, I really want to travel and I don't have enough money. So suddenly it changes from being something that's like, you know, inhibiting you from doing what you want to do to, you know, a possibility and something that could be changed, you know? So replacing the word but with and has made a huge impact in my life and helped me reframe the way I'm thinking about things um, from a space of possibility, I guess. That's like a really unique piece of advice we've actually gotten. I haven't heard that before. Really? So thank wow. you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, try, I'm like rethinking my entire, <laughs> I'm like, maybe right. we, I was like, yeah, we need to do that. <laughs> That's the way to go. Well, so what are some things that you could replace? 
Um, I guess, yeah, like, the money thing, really, as well. And, like, time, too. It's, like, and that's one thing I've kind of come, like, to terms with, I think, over quarantine. Like, and it's this thing we were talking about before you and I, like, why not me? Like, putting yourself out of this bubble? Because a lot of the time you could be like, oh, well, I want to start this, but I don't have the time. When in reality, like, there are some things, you know, like, you choose to put your time towards that aren't, like, always necessary, right? That you could be allocating to something else. Absolutely. No, I've really been feeling that lately, um, because with this van builds, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I've never approached before. Like, I've never really built something myself ever, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so I, like, my dad was like, well, so what do you need help with? I'm like, I don't know how to use a drill, really. So, uh, <laughs> like, I need help with everything. Um, but, uh, you know, since it's such a big project... I'm, like, completely retrofitting the inside, like, pulling out everything, building walls, insulating, like, all of it. And so I have just sort of let go of my other responsibilities. So I've reached out to all the people I volunteer with. I'm like, hey, I just, like, can't do it this month. Right, (laughs) yeah. And, you know, just other projects I'm working on, I'm taking a break from the podcast. I haven't been really posting on Instagram or or YouTube. Um, I literally deleted my Instagram app because I was just scrolling instead of working in the van. And it works, trust me. I know. I it know. works. It does work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only going to re-download it when I'm, like, super inspired to post something specific. But, yeah, so, like, I've had to just let go of what I was doing before. And I've been really surprised by it because I actually feel a lot more connected than mm-hmm. I than I did you know so for example at the beginning of quarantine I, I I took on all these responsibilities because I was so afraid of not connecting with people and um so I wanted to connect virtually which is great and right. has been great um but now that I've let go of that stuff and I'm not looking at my computer screen as much I'm actually connecting with my family and my little brothers are coming in and like jumping on top of me and like I have time for that you know I'm not like get out get out I need to record or I you know what I mean so um that's been really awesome to just like consciously be like ah no I'm not doing that this month (laughs) yeah and I think it's really like you know from one month to another things can change but it's having that like self check-in with yourself and being like okay where am I at what do I need to like I don't know feel okay and like comfortable but also be able to like achieve my goals in a way like what do I need to do to be able to get things done that I want to get done and how do I prioritize that in my personal life absolutely and for a lot of my life my goals have been very virtual so if I'm Mm. not working on my computer then I'm not achieving something and this van is very physical like well yeah (laughs) yeah I can imagine and I'm going to Lowe's and I'm buying wood and like, you know, it's just like so real and tangible. I'm physically touching things. I have blisters on my hands right now from like using these pliers too much. Anyways. That's so like, inspiring though, really, truly to hear I, that. Yeah. Well, it's just so funny because I think especially in our generation, like I love the internet. I've always been an internet kid. I think I always will be. Um, but I also think that like, it's super empowering to be creating something outside of the internet. And um, so that, I don't know, it's been a really fun experience for me the past few weeks. 
Yeah, and I think that's not talked about enough, really. Like, these, a lot of the time we do, I'm going to link this to success in a way, but, like, we define a lot of the things that we do now based on um, how it applies, I guess, like, online and how you do it online. So whether, like, you have an online shop, whether you have a YouTube channel, like, any content creation, really, or even, like, everything to do with quite a few jobs now has to do, like, with the internet, kind of, right, and our reliance on that. So I guess like in a way sometimes our success and our productivity can be linked to what how much we accomplish online like what you're saying and how much we're able to get done on the internet that day or whatever absolutely and i think that yeah it's just we we have the opportunity to reframe that as well you know yeah <laughs> like i want to be productive and i don't feel like staring at my computer screen all day <laughs> it's true yeah so, yeah like i I think it's hard because I think in many ways, you know, starting my YouTube channel at age 12, I'm a little bit addicted to achieving virtually and getting more followers. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah. You know, it's a metric of success, getting more views, you know, connecting with more people, creating better content. And it's like, it's really fun if you make it fun, but it can also be really stressful and sort of demeaning for your mental health. Um, (laughs) Like, you know, if you, if you focus only on that, so. Well, absolutely, yeah. And if you're not seeing, like, that growth, right, with all, like, the time you would be, like, putting into a project, right, and you're not seeing um, anything change, it, it can be, like, really daunting and scary in that way, because, and yeah, like, kind of a deterrent for your mental health, because, you know, you're putting so much time and effort into something and not seeing the result you want, so I definitely think a break and working on something outside of what you can do on a computer is really, it can be really re- rewarding in that way. Right. And I'm physically seeing the change. Yeah, exactly. Like very quickly. You know, I, I take out something or I put something in and it, it looks different. So Yeah. And it's also yeah, in it's, your control, right? It's like, yeah, like you, it's your ability to do that, right? It's no one else like clicking the follow link or whatnot. Absolutely. And I guess based on these experiences and us talking about like success, do you think your like definition of success has changed? And if so, like, what is it? So I was thinking about this question beforehand, and I think that success can be defined in so many different ways. And it really depends on who you're talking to, which I think is a awesome reason to have this podcast. (laughs) Um, But for me, it's, whoa, my voice just cracked. Okay. No worries. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I'm a teenage boy. Okay. <laughs> For me, it has always been linked to happiness. And one of the biggest things that makes me happy um, personally is freedom. So as long as I can find freedom in as many ways as pos- like possible, so financial freedom you know, physical, like, location independence, so I can work from anywhere or, you know, make money from anywhere um, or survive, I guess, um, has been awesome. And then, you know, just physically being able to, um, you know, meet new people, even with the people that I'm spending time with, feeling free to be myself and feeling free to express myself and, I really love celebrating. It's a big reason I spend a lot of time in Mexico because it's a constant celebration. <laughs> you know, they, they celebrate everything. Like even like Mother's Day is a huge production. And, um, you know, a normal Friday night. I don't know. People like actually dance there. You know? Right. So yeah. I no, just, I get it. Yeah, totally. That feeling of being completely unbridled and um, 
you know, one of my favorite feelings is like when I'm all packed for a trip, I get in the car or I get in the plane and I take off and it's like, oh, like, okay, what's next? Like I get to decide what I do now. You know, I have, so yeah, that feeling of just letting go constantly, but also connecting deeper with what's around me um, is sort of my version of success. And I also was thinking about it in a way of like, in many ways, what I'm doing right now could be seen to many people as a failure. (laughs) You think so? I don't know. Right? Sorry, what? Do you think so, really? I don't know. I like I I don't know, I find your story so inspiring, but yeah, I guess it like depends who you tell it to, right, as well. Well, so just the example of like moving into my car, <laughs> like, you know, um not going to college, moving into my car, going to Mexico where the cost of living is cheaper, you know, people could totally see it that way as like oh, you're homeless now and you didn't go to college. Right. Um, but for me, it's super, like, it's super aligned to what I want. And I created it that way because that's the way I wanted it. You know, I want life to be simple and to be able to sort of survive off of the kindness of strangers and, you know, find my water from, like, lakes and rivers. And, like, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. To sort of go out and, and grab life versus... Um, you know, following the natural path that could be laid out for me. Absolutely. And I think, like, even the experiences you've had, you know, like, those are educational in a way. Like, those do teach you, like, you do learn things from that, you know, that you wouldn't really learn necessarily sitting at a desk or in, like, a classroom setting. Like, that, what you're talking about, like, these celebrations and everything, I, I get it because my parents happen to be, like, Chilean, so... I've spent, like, some holidays in Chile, and it's been super, like, I don't know, relaxing, but also, like, enlightening in that way, just because, I'm gonna say it, but when you, like, Ottawa clubs are not it, <laughs> they're not no. it, like, the form of dancing and everything, it's it's not there, like, it's really not, whereas, like, you go to a Latin American country, like, someone will actually come up to you and ask you to dance, and, like, you're actually dancing, like, to a song, it's not just, like, you're sitting there, like, waiting to leave <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not 21 yet here in the states but i have oh that's true in Canada, <laughs> i went yeah i've been clubbing in montreal uh-huh. and in sherbrooke oh okay interesting place yeah. that was really unexpected <laughs> actually the party there was insane which was the oh most, wow the most like you know interesting part I don't really drink either. Like, okay. I will have, like, when I'm out, I'll have, like, one shot of mezcal, because that's, mm-hmm. like, the thing in Oaxaca. Yeah. Or I'll have, like, maybe, like, one, like, Corona with lime. Like, it's so basic. <laughs> but, like, just to sort of, like, be in a social setting, I guess. But, like, I don't need it. Like, I yeah. don't have it. And I will last until 4 a.m. with everyone else. So I don't know what what's up with me. I think I just really love dancing. But, um... I'm definitely not saying I'm out here partying and drinking all the time. It's really <laughs> just me dancing and, and enjoying, you know, the community. Absolutely. And I guess what made you choose Mexico specifically and how was it like working in that environment? Because you did like talk about how you really like having that freedom to be able to work from wherever you want. Yeah. So Mexico came really naturally. I actually have some family history there. My family moved from France to Mexico. Um, My 
great great grandmother and grandfather met on the boat she was going to become a, a nun oh wow <laughs> and she didn't she got married instead and um they lived in, in Morelia and um anyways so so I think it's always been in the back of my mind and we went to Mexico a couple times when I was younger um and then around the age of 16 I switched from you know, normal high school, the online classes. And I was doing them from Mexico with my mom in Playa del Carmen. And I ended up making a lot of friends there. And I was invited back the next year to go and do some video production projects. And long story short, my mom had a friend in Oaxaca. She was going to visit him for a week. She invited me. She was like, you're already in Mexico, like just buy a, a flight. It's like 50 bucks and you could stay in my hotel room with me. And I was like, absolutely, I will. So I did and I kind of never left. Like I made a lot of friends there. I met some backpackers. I traveled to the coast. I traveled down to Chiapas and came back to Oaxaca. I met a boy that always sort of... <laughs> you know of course yeah um so I stayed there with him for a few months that didn't end up working out however I did make a lot of friends sort of through him he was in a band um with Leon who is now my best friend um and anyways that's a like long story but I really just fell in love with Oaxaca specifically and also all of Mexico um and found this uh real sense of home there which is really weird and I never want to be like that white girl that's just like oh my god I really (laughs) feel at home in Oaxaca you know like I I see myself saying that but I also like I really genuinely do feel that way like I feel more welcome and connected there than I than I do here in Maine and obviously Maine is awesome and it's just a very different culture and people don't connect as deeply I don't think definitely Um, oh yeah and I like I I totally get what you're saying and everything and also like you have like as you explained like you had like a background there you know like some familial like I guess I yeah like some background there so it totally makes sense that you have like a connection to the place yeah yeah, and I, it's it's interesting. I don't know exactly how it happened. Some of those things are just sort of inexplainable. Like, you just survive yeah. and you're like, yeah, this is it. And then when it comes to working remotely, um, I originally left Oaxaca um, because I didn't have any money left. And okay. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. all right, I got to go. I don't, I don't, I can't survive with no money. Um, so I went back home, and at the time I had a gelato shop with my mom and a cafe and that summer we ended up closing um just because I realized like you know she she wanted to hand it over to me more full-time because she was busy with her work she's a real estate agent now and um I decided not to take it on full-on because I wanted to be free and I wanted to travel and at the age of 17 it didn't seem like you know, owning a brick and mortar shop was like the way to go. Right. Um, so I ended up working on a farm that summer. That was a weird experience. I started waiting <laughs> tables. I worked for Instacart. I worked for Rover, like walking dogs. Okay. I just like huh. did everything I could do to save money and travel again. 
And then uh, that December, right before I was headed out to go back. No, where was I going? Oh, my goodness. No, it's okay. I tried to branch out from Mexico. I really did. And I was like, I should travel more. I should find other places. Like, Mexico isn't the only place in this world. Um, So I actually bought a ticket to Morocco. I had had a... Mm. I had had a dream while I was in Oaxaca. Sorry, I sound so hippie. This is hilarious. No, it's- I, I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream literally about Morocco. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I'd never really thought about Morocco before that. And suddenly, I was like, "All right, I gotta go." So I booked a ticket there, and um, the ticket was departing like I think right after New Year's. And in December, my friend who was working for Pana, um, which is a travel corporate travel company um and most of their agents work remotely and I had always asked her about it I was like girl let me know if they're ever hiring so she reached out to me she's like they're hiring this is your chance so I applied uh on the actual you know application it said must have a bachelor's degree or equivalent and I was like lol I am not getting this (laughs) like not (laughs) happening but like whatever I'll just I put like three days of work into my application I I had to make a video I had to like you know it was it was an intense application process and I did it all and I got hired well okay this is actually it's a longer story than that I didn't hear back (laughs) for three months oh wow which was insane. And so yeah. I, I was just like, I definitely didn't get, get it. That's fine. And then they reached out to me. I had my, my interview in Morocco from a Riyadh in Marrakesh and halfway through, I was using the Riyadh managers like, um, LTE and halfway through it shut off. Cause it had oh, like a no. limit and I was so embarrassed. Um, but I got back on, she was very understanding I ended up getting hired at the same time I was headed into the Sahara Desert to go ride. Oh camp. my god, like, that's that? amazing, like, though. I mean, it was really insane, and I was so stoked. Like that was, you know, it was really my dream job, um, which sounds like super simple, but you know, a job that allows you to travel the world and, um, you know, really work from anywhere. And they were very like some remote jobs require you to you know, have a specific setup, like a, a desk, a d- desktop computer, you know, a stable Wi-Fi connection. They were like, uh, as long as you can connect and work, like, doesn't matter where you are. Like, you can be on the beach, you can be in any continent, you could, like, change your schedule so that you were working, you know, um, at different hours, so you could mm-hmm. travel between different continents. And so they were just, like, really, really adaptable to travel. Um and that job, I got it in March, and I worked for that, for them for a year until March of this year when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And um, originally, they laid off, like, we had, like, 60 agents. They laid off, like, half of them, oh. and I was not part of that cut. Um, and they told all, all of us that we were safe, like that they weren't going to let us go. Uh, they thought this would, you know, not be the longest thing. Uh, LOL. <laughs> because, you know, you know, March 25th around there, March 26th, they were like, okay, we are cutting 
all of the agents except for six. Oh my god. Wow. Um, who had been there for like, you know, two or three years. Right. And then, you know, uh, less than a week later, they cut those agents and our managers ended up doing, you know, what we were doing. So that was really insane. I was, you know, not, none of us were expecting COVID to happen and the travel industry, especially, um, you know, is yeah. affected by people not traveling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, I'm still sort of waiting to hear back from them. I, um, was very lucky to get unemployment so that, you know, I was never, I don't know. I never expect help from the government, um, which is kind of sad to say, but I, <laughs> I was shocked to get it. And, uh-huh. um, and yeah, I really would love to work for Pana again, just because it was a job that I didn't resist going to, you know, I really enjoyed the work I was doing and the people I was working with, the culture there was amazing and it allowed me to work from literally anywhere. So at a time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools, which allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is that you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Absolutely, and I think, like, you know, like, it's so sad that your job ended and everything, but, like, a lot of people's have because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. But I think it's also brought you to, like, this opportunity, for example, of, like, would, did you ever think you would buy a van and basically strip it apart and put it, like, together the way you wanted to? I mean, I'd, I'd like to say no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, no, it's awesome um, then. <laughs> no, I mean, from, from early high school, like, all I wanted was a van. It was my dream. That's so cool. It off because <laughs> I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. And when I was working for Pana, so I was only making, I mean, only is a strong word because some people are making much less. Um, but I was making $15 an hour. Okay. Um, which is, like, kind of normal for here in the States. Like, mm-hmm. you know, more or less. I wanted to say más o menos. That's not English. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, so like, but $15 an hour when you're living in Mexico goes a long way. So right. I was saving 50% of my income for the entire year that I was working for them. And that is what has allowed me to buy this van. Um, I bought it for... I, I like sharing numbers because people never do. And I always want to be able to relate to how they did that financially. So I will share. I bought the van itself for $6,000 and I'm hoping to fix it all up for around 4,000, um, which is hard, including solar and everything. Cause right. the solar setup itself is like a thousand bucks. Um, so that I can keep it all under 10, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out. I mean, at least the labor cost is <laughs> not involved as much. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of the work myself. The only the only thing I'm hiring for is, like, obviously, like, the brakes needed to be yeah. fixed when I got it. So I, you know, I wasn't going to do that myself. I brought it to a mechanic. And then the solar setup, I have hired someone to do it. But I'm even working with him on it. So I'm learning wow. about it. 
See, but that's so awesome. Like, you've had new learning opportunities and everything to, like, grow in different ways that probably, like, you probably didn't even think of, like, until now. Like, I, I, I don't know how to hook up, like, a solar panel. I really don't. <laughs> Me neither, honestly. We're doing that on Monday, and, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, and I've been trying to document the process just because... I think a lot of people are curious, like, what goes into it, including me. For um, sure, yeah. And it's not, like, a normal thing. You know what I mean? It's not a super common thing to do, I don't think. Like, I have never heard of anyone doing this. So it's awesome to hear, like, about your experience with it. Yeah. No, I I definitely think I, I have immersed myself in this world for so long. Like, since early high school, I've been watching van tours. And, like, you know, there's a whole YouTube community around van life. But I do think in the larger scale of things, it's not very popular. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to share it. And a lot of people are super inspired by it. You know, you would think that, like, you know, the older generations would be like, what are you doing? You're going to live in your car. But the minute that they see, like, oh, like, this is a house in a car. Yeah. They're like, wait, I want one. (laughs) Yeah. And even then, I think reverting back to your point of, like, working like being able to work from anywhere like I think that is going to become the new norm with this pandemic really um once like the pandemic obviously goes away but I think a lot of companies and different employers are really questioning what is like working like where where do you need to be to work what what is considered working like how many hours um which hours really like I I think that is all being reevaluated in this Mm -hmm. time right now like I haven't been to the office, like, working in the office since March, early March. So, yeah, like, I I think, really, like, this is going to change, like, the way we work and whether a 9-to-5 will still be a 9-to-5. I don't know. Absolutely. And even I'm seeing it everywhere. It's actually pretty inspiring because, you know, I grew up in independent education, and so the way we went, went about school was very different. I didn't have tests or grades or homework. Yeah. Um, and then I, I tried to go to public school. I went for two years. Um, but even then I was like leaving early and going to dance classes or like leaving early and going. And I did like a fashion design program and Oh wow! I just like so always, awesome. I always made it mine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but now like my little brothers, they're, um, 12 and almost eight and like they're doing fully remote school which is not the majority in our town but my family is kind of like I'd rather not they not get COVID yeah um (laughs) yeah so they're doing fully remote remote school like from our house and it's just really inspiring to see you know these teachers figure out how to teach remotely to you know, third graders, fourth graders, like it's just a totally different experience and we're, we're just figuring it out. And, and I think it's, it's forced us to move a little bit quicker in our thinking and our, and how we um, structure things. And ultimately I think it could allow for, you know, people to have more freedom and, um, you know, live a little bit differently than we have been for the past century or so. And I th- like I hope it really allows people to kind of do what you're doing in a way as well, like making those connections that we already have in our lives a bit stronger, our relationships, which 
You know, I, like, I think from my experience and what I've heard from your experience, it really has been. So that's, like, it's really nice to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think I've been bubbled with my immediate family here. So my stepmom, my dad, and my two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously my mom and my grandparents are like, where are you? I want you to hang out with yeah. us. Um, and so that's been hard because I have to distance myself from some people that I love. But also the relationships in this household, you know, I've really, really been able to work on and connect um, deeper with the people that are closest to me, which is a really unique experience, especially at my age. You know, I'm 20. I think you're around the same age. Yeah, I'm 22. So I'm not I'm a little bit off, but not too far. (laughs) Cool. Um, Yeah. So uh, at this point in in my life, like before all this was happening, I was very much in a mindset of like, I need to go do big, exciting things. And now that's not as much of an option, but I, it's kind of okay. I'm not yeah. that mad about it anymore. I was at the beginning, obviously. I, I felt super stuck and confused and I didn't know what to do next. You know what? My backup plan was to, my backup plan, not with COVID, but my backup plan in general, if I ever stopped working for Pana. <laughs> which I knew I would um, at some point, but was to be a flight attendant, which also is not an option right now. So um, I've had to kind of reevaluate what I want and what to do next. And it's been a really nice experience and, and just connecting with people along the way has been, you know, a really nice way to get through it all. Well, as we start to wrap up this podcast episode, we like to ask this one kind of bigger question. So totally take a moment to think about it if you need. But the question is, what do you want our listeners to take away from this episode? Oh, goodness. No pressure. <laughs> I <Okay>. know. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, let me think. No, go this. ahead. Take I a wanna... moment. Okay, what I want people to take away from this episode is that it is absolutely okay to, it sounds so cheesy, but to beat to your own drum and to make your own choices and to try things. If they don't work, you can do something else Um, and just not feel the need to um, follow this path that society has kind of set up for us. Um, that's something that I've been learning as well is that like, it's okay to live multiple lifetimes within one lifetime, you know, go and live in different countries and see what it's like, go and try different jobs or live in different living situations. Um, because I think if we allow ourselves to explore without the pressure of like, well, what is this going to turn into or what, how does this line up with my larger life vision? Um, I think that we find things that we never expected to and we connect with places and people and concepts that we never expected to. So don't be afraid to get out there and explore and try new things. Well, I think that's a beautiful message to end off on. I really needed that myself even. <laughs> Just I think with everything going on with COVID, you know, it's it's made a lot of people reevaluate their life and what they're planning, you know, for themselves, what they have in store. So thank you for sharing that message. Of course. Whatever I can do. No, I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves, myself included. 
Um, so anything we can do to, to relieve that pressure and try to just enjoy the little moments is really important. Well, thank you, Cecile, for coming on. Did you want to share your socials so people can connect with you once you've redownloaded the Instagram app and everything? <laughs> right. Now I'm such a recluse. I'm like, um, no. They'll so still be I, there. Those messages will be there when you're ready. Don't worry. Don't rush it. Exactly. Oh, and there's like, I mean, you can find me. Like, I still have, um, you know, Facebook messages. <laughs> yeah. And- email and all the things I check it obsessively now that I'm not checking Instagram (laughs) um but yeah so my Instagram is at Cecile Bizet C-E-C-I-L-E B-I-Z-E-T uh my YouTube is the same or I think if you if you do like the slash at the end of the youtube.com slash Cecile Bizet Beauty that was my original name back in the day when I was 12 um (laughs) now I can't change it uh, and then, yeah, my Poshmark is the same. My email is the same, info at com. So pretty much just search Cecile Bizet and you'll find me. So my podcast is the Wild Child Podcast. The Instagram is the same, at Wild Child Podcast. And it's on all the platforms, probably similar to this one. And that's it. Hey, I'm Mike, and this year, thanks to Metro, nothing's getting between me and my holidays. As a rideshare driver, I know a thing or two about going the extra mile, and Metro's helping me go even further. Metro covered the switching fees and gave me and the family high-speed data for only $25 a line for four lines. Plus, we scored four free Galaxy phones from Metro just for switching. Now, we can all get in the holiday spirit streaming our favorite tunes and ring in the new year over video chat with family and friends. You work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This season, there's zero fees to switch. And right now, enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines, plus four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. I'm Mike, and that's how I rule my holiday with Metro. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four-line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com.